0: CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Edinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Hello and happy Expiration Friday. The guys, they're all getting set here behind us at the NASDAQ. And as they get ready, here's what's coming up on the big show.
2: Carterworth says that Home Depot's earnings next week will be anything but nice. And when you see why the Chartmaster is pressing sell, you might just too. Plus, Uber is racing back to its IPO price and options are officially trading on the stock. Mike Coe will explain how to get in on the ride without the risk. And Wall Street is waiting for a trade deal. But there is one stock that's just been spared from the turmoil. And Dan Nathan says this could be your best chance to buy. It's time to risk less and make more. The action begins right now.
1: Ed, yes, it does it. Happy Friday. It's 531 Eastern time. Good to see you. Let's get right to it. We've got a number of big box retailers that are on deck for their earnings next week. Home Depot, Lowe's, Targets, and markets are a little scattered. Options on all these stocks indicating moves between 3% and 5% after their earnings report. But that's not all. The chart master says that one of these names is at risk of breaking down big time. Carter Worth, back at the plasma with the details and the name. Hi, Carter.
3: Home Depot, you know, it uh, doesn't act well, as a technical expression goes, a bit heavy. And I think uh, there's risk going into earnings. Here is its chart, Home Depot, relative to the ITB. Of course, that's the home builder's ETF and a lot of correlation. And then Mm -hmm. the breaking down, and I think that's the risk here, that there's a message, there's wisdom in price, the market is saying something. Let's look at a few more charts. So here's the chart itself. Again, we have this circumstance, as is the case with so many stocks, of a head and shoulders bottom. But, you know, the faltering here, one could look at it as, well, it's just back to support. My hunch is something else, that it's too much weakness. And I would show you it this way. The weakness has constituted a break in trend. That that bothers me. On a little bit longer-term basis, there is the following issue. There is our slight break in trend, but most important, when the stock made a new high, this is actually a slight new high above that, it couldn't make relative high, and it made a slower high, and on this rally, yet another lower high. The relative performance to the market has been uh, tepid at best. That's, a, that's another warning sign. And so my thought is here that one should be cautious if one's long going into earnings at Home Depot and or be short. All right, Carter,
1: thank you very much. We'll see you back at the desk. So, Mike, what's the
3: trade here?
4: Yeah, you know, I think this is an interesting situation. In the space with the home improvement retailers, I definitely prefer Home Depot over Lowe's. They've always done better on a per square foot sales basis. They have a much higher concentration of sales to professionals, about 40% of revenues. That's obviously a big benefit. The thing is, though, that I'm not really expecting stellar retail sales out of anybody coming out of this spring. We've had very poor weather in some very hot real estate markets. We've seen some evidence on the coast, at least, of some softening. I think that there is a possibility that they may actually disappoint here. So although I like the stock generally, I do see a potential risk here to the downside. The other thing, you had mentioned essentially what the implied move was in Home 3 Depot. Three to five percent. Yeah, three to five percent. It's three percent in Home Depot. So this is 5, one of those. Five percent in Lowe's. And five percent in Lowe's. That's exactly right. So when you take a look at the two, and this is an interesting situation, right, because Lowe's actually reports after Home Depot. You would normally expect, basically, for it to get a read through a little bit after Home Depot reports. So I think this is a situation where the Home Depot option is really not that expensive, uh, I was just looking out to June. The 190 180 put spread was about $2.50. You would spend $3.90 to buy the higher 190 strikes and sell the lower one lower strike for about $1.40. So that's $2.50 net net, quarter of the distance between the strikes. If the stock just basically lingers here, you're not going to see all of that premium get eviscerated uh, right away. So you're not really risking the pull 250. I just think that this is a situation where things are looking a little bit precarious. I think that's true for the market. I think it's true for retail, and I think it's probably true for Home Depot.
5: Yeah, so it's really interesting that, you know, obviously the markets come back a little bit. I mean, this Friday was not a great close. Last Friday, things started kind of getting a little nasty. And we know um, that midweek, we kind of caught a bit here. It's really interesting that Home Depot is lower than it was last Friday. I think Carter's charts are really telling the fact that it's below that uptrend from the December lows. Listen, your guess guess is as good as mine is what they're going to report. And what are the expectations now that the stock is down? What, 15 bucks or something like that in the last few weeks? Um, But this Put spread. What Mike is talking about is paying 250 for a $10 wide, very near the money, with low implied volatility. That's how you kind of want to press a short in this market, in my opinion. So I like this setup, and I really hate the relative poor performance that it showed this there's
3: week. interesting about the two, because they are so correlated, and Home Depot's always been the king, the winner, and, and Lowe's the sort of afterthought. And yet, last quarter, uh, Home Depot gapped down on its results, and Lowe's gapped up. And I think that's part of the... Uh, decision process here. Gaps typically come in twos or threes. You miss or are light once, you miss and you're light again. That's the risk uh, here going into earnings.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's and, and if we read something through, Mike, to your point, the fact that Lowe's reports after but yet has a higher implied move, I wonder if that's the market telling us something because yet, they're, they're putting a bet on how <coughs> wild yet, it's going to be. Because to your point, I, I'm not we're not the weather show but it's rained every day this year on the East Coast. It feels like. Yeah, which is not typically good for these guys. I mean, that you know, generally speaking, you're going to
4: see a lot of sales going into the spring season, not when it's raining all the time. And that hasn't just been true on the East Coast, but the West Coast, too. And I would say this, you know, if you happen to have a position in lows and you're expressing some also some consideration that that might not be that great because the implied volatility is higher there, that would be one of those situations where you might be looking to sell some upside rather than buy some downside, <coughs> which is what we're
1: Okay. Well, certainly, listen, obviously, that's one story. Trade has been the macro story for weeks now. And the trade turmoil has taken a hold of Wall Street in a big way, sending stocks on a wild ride this week. The S&P 500 finishing down for the second week in a row. The Dow, by the way, posting its first four-week losing streak in three years. Ouch. But there is one name that could be escaping the trade war. Dan,
5: you're looking at Ford. Yeah, so let's go back, Sully, like a whole year ago when we started actually talking about tariffs. And it weren't with our adversaries like China at the time, it was actually with um, some of our allies. And it was obviously. Um, you know uh, uh, Mexico and Canada, and obviously the EU and Japan, and that was really a big issue for these uh, automakers here in the u s and you know this today we just got news or this week it started to leak out a little bit that the Trump administration was going to kind of delay the at least the EU and the Japan components on autos at those tariffs and then we got the announcement today that Mexico and Canada, the steel and aluminum tariffs are likely to also come off here, so that's something that I think has been really weighing on the auto names um, i Obviously, the stuff that we're talking about as far as U.S. retail spending has also been mm-hmm. uh, something that's been affecting these guys. But I think with Ford you want to go back to late April when they reported their Q1 results. And the stock gapped up the next day 11%. And on the heels of basically strong SUV and truck sales here in the U.S. And here's the thing. Look at that one year chart. I'll let Carter speak to it because these are my sloppy lines. But it gapped up above that $10 level on big volume and showed really, really good relative of strength over the last couple of weeks when well, we've had some volatility. And I'm going to go to this six-year chart from when it topped out near 18 bucks in 2014. And Carter's taught me one thing. When I look at charts, i got to connect a lot of dots, right, buddy? Only, or only connect, one thing. Well, well, the most important thing, connect as many dots as you want, right? And so in this scenario, it's gapped up above this really well-defined six-year downtrend. So the way I think about it is, what's the next catalyst that we have on the trade front Trump has told us that he's going to meet with President Xi at the G20 on the weekend of June 28 in Japan. In Japan, and I think that if we start getting some building sentiment that we have a trade deal, a stock like Ford could really benefit. It could keep that momentum. So to me, this is a kind of easy trade. We have a one-year chart of implied volatility. The price of options in Ford it's pretty low. And here's the other thing with a $10 stock, the options are very dollar cheap. So I'm looking yeah. at June 28th expiration when the stock was trading at 10:40 today. You wanted to make a bet that this stock is going to break out again into late quarter of June. You could buy the June 28th 1050 calls, paying 30 cents for those. Those break even at 1080. You basically, your max risk is 3% of the stock price. The break even's up about three and a half four percent 4%. Um, between 1050 and 1080, you can lose up to 30 cents, but you have unlimited gains above 1080. So to me, this is like a dollar cheap and a vol cheap way to play for a continued momentum to the upside in the Ford.
1: The, the irony is Ford was knocked forever for being too domestic. Oh, you're not international yeah. enough. Now maybe yeah. that domestic focus is going to benefit the name. Yeah, I mean, these options
4: are obviously very cheap. 3% of the stock price, slightly under, actually. This is for a stock that's up more than 30%, I think, uh, year-to-date so far. The other thing that's very cheap, of course, is the stock itself. It's probably trading about seven times, full-year earnings estimates, two and a half times. But cheap EBITDA for a reason, on an cheap, for a reason. reason. You know, That Cheap that, that, That's totally fair. But, you know, oftentimes when we see situations where stocks are very cheap and they can continue to get cheaper. That's actually not true here. The stock's actually performed pretty well since the beginning of the year. And we are starting to see, you know, I think a lot of people thought that you know the old autos were going to be left for dead. And I'm not sure that people still have that view anymore.
3: I mean, I think the key is also this is a trade, right? I mean, Ford acts very, very well. But if one were to look at structurally autos, there is a great ETF. It's a cute symbol, cars. And it picks up the big German manufacturers like Daimler, BMW, Volkswagen, Porsche, U.S., Ford, GM. It picks up all the Uh, Japanese, like Toyota, Nissan, and many more, Tesla. Cars has underperformed the S&P five of the past six years. Over the past six years, it's down 9%. S&P is up 7 I mean, structurally, we have global capacity that's too high, and autos are a bad place to be. But you've singled out, presumptively, one of the best patterns among a bad group.
5: Yeah. Well, let's be frank. I think I stole this chart from Fast Money when you were on last week, and you like this one. I mean, listen, the chart sets up really well. The relative strength and the cheap options really make it a pretty good way to play a contrarian move on something that we don't really know what's going to happen, but we do have a catalyst in a little more than a month. And I like making uh, good risk-reward bets like this, and this one looks pretty decent.
1: All right, really good stuff there on Ford. Guys, thank you for everything options action. Check out the website, optionsaction.cnbc.com. And while you're there, there's a newsletter. Check it out as well. But before you do that, because you might be driving, don't do
2: that. <laughs> Here's what's coming up next. If you've been waiting to get in on Uber's IPO, Mike co will tell you how to cash in on the trade. Plus, calling all Options Action fans. Reach into your pocket, grab your phone, and tweet us your question at Options Action. If it's nice, we'll answer it on air.
1: All right, welcome back to Options Action. Happy Friday. Well, it wasn't exactly an IPO, but Uber Options did debut yesterday. The stock, recovering some of its early losses, is actually finishing this week slightly higher. But Uber is still down 7% since the high of when it went public. But it's a hot name. So if you want to get in on the ride, Mike has a way for you to do it and maybe make a little bit of extra cash on the side. He's over at the Plasma with his call to action. Take it away, Mike. Making a little extra cash
4: on the side. I guess that's the idea for a lot of people who are participating with Uber as drivers. If you happen to own the stock, there might be a way for you to do that as well. Obviously, we're taking a look right now at the share price since the IPO. Not a lot of history here, so that's why we only have a couple jagged lines like this. But it also doesn't look particularly compelling. And actually, if we take a look at the other ride-sharing company that IPO'd a little bit earlier, we could see potentially some weakness it does seem right now like some of these unicorn ipo's don't have a lot of gas uh... coming out of it so the question we might want to ask ourselves is what is the options market providing for us we could take a look and right now uber options are exceptionally expensive when i was looking at them earlier today actually going out to july or so this at the money straddle was implying a range nearly twenty percent in either direction so the options are extremely expensive generally speaking when options are expensive we want to look for ways to potentially sell them the other thing is that I have a hard time believing the way the stocks behaving right now and maybe Carter can speak to it based on some other prior IPO history that it's really going to exceed the highs that we saw right after the IPO so what can you do if you happen to have bought the stock since then and you're trying to make a little extra cash well One of the things you could look to do is sell a covered call. If you own the stock, I was looking at the June 43 calls earlier today. You could sell those for about three and a half bucks. The stock was trading about 42 and a half at the time. And the idea is that you're going to get to collect that premium between now and expiration the other nice thing that a trade like this will do is that if the stock does happen to fall back you still get to keep that premium so actually if right now you're gonna see any losses if the stock declines at all against your long holdings this actually gives you a little bit of insulation about eight percent versus the current stock price if the stock does drop and of course you could continue to do this strategy after the ones that you sell right now happen to expire we actually talked about a strategy very much like this one in Lyft right before they reported their earnings the first earnings they reported after their IPO and that obviously helped out a lot, because the stock was trading about 60 bucks. I think we sold the upside calls for about four dollars. Now essentially you would own it effectively at '56, which is where the stock is trading. so it helps alleviate some of the downside punishment.
5: All right, Mike, thank you very much. Stay over there if you would. Dan, what do you think of that trade? So really interesting, just a couple of things. So Mike's telling us that the implied move over the next month or so is 20% in the options market. That's pretty extraordinary for a stock that obviously has uh, been moving around a lot since its IPO. The idea of selling premium against your long stock makes a lot of sense. Another trade that you could think about would be uh, out of the money, a one-by-two call spread, um, also to add potential yield and potential leverage. You could maybe do that like the July 4550. For no cost um, that's one another way to kind of sell some premium against your long um, but again really interesting this, this the options been trading this name for two days and both days the most active strike has been the January 21 2021 25 strike put yesterday 7700 traded and today about 5,000 traded and they look like they're bought so that's maybe some holder who's been in the name as a private investor for a long time who's locked up looking for some downside So don't protection. read don't,
1: so don't read too much <clears throat> into that trade because the way it's structured, Dan, to you says... That's probably some early investor Correct. who's just uh, yes, looking to yes. protect himself yeah. or herself over yeah, but here. It has
3: to told me something. You wouldn't have to look to protect yourself if you weren't worried. But I think Dan's saying yeah. it's not a
1: singular position, as if they sure. It doesn't look like they're Listen, trying. We, to... We, do we
5: talk about this unusual activity all the time. We have no idea what it means. Right. It's just really interesting that two days, the two, mo- that you know, the most active strike was that way long dated and way out of the money point. I
1: mean, like if some financial advisor said, "Hey, you've got all this equity. The stock's not doing well. Put that trade on the options market." But they protect only say yourself. that if
3: they're concerned. People don't do that. Otherwise, they say, hey, why would you hedge the great thing that's right. about to take off like uh, what is it? Meat? Beyond meat. Beyond meat. Meat, yeah. meat yeah. that's yeah. not meat. Um, hey, the reality is look, this broke deal price, that's never good. Uh, is If it's a group, Lyft and Uber are struggling. It gapped open this week to the downside. Uh, 36 low. It recovered to 44. It gapped this morning down. The burden of proof is on the bulls. The two stocks just don't
1: act well. Mike, final comment?
4: Yeah, I mean, I would definitely agree with Carter on those long-dated put buys that we saw here in the name. You don't put those on unless you have some measure of concern. And I think there's reason to be concerned. We aren't seeing these stocks behave all that well. The other thing is that it expires a long way out. So, obviously, this is somebody who could be holding the stock for an extended period of time. If you're also inclined to do that, this is another thing you can do is just, re- you know, every expiration look to sell some premium that's going to help alleviate some of that downside risk and give you some yield in the meantime especially if you don't think the stock's going to take off and i don't think it will
1: all right mike thank you very much good discussion there all right up next there is no cisco skid that stock soaring on earnings this week unfortunately that's bad news for one of our traders we are live at the nasdaq market site in times square and there's much more options action right after this break
0: CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts.
1: All right, we like to hold the traders accountable on this fine show. So it's time to take a look at a couple of our open trades. Last week, Dan so the trade war could cause panic at the Cisco.
5: In the last 10 years, this thing, its PE is getting right back up to those 10-year highs here at 17 and a half times. That is really rich for a company that's growing like this. So to me, it's kind of priced for perfection here. So the slightest bit of kind of murky guidance, I think this stock is going to outperform that uh, 5% implied move to the downside when the stock was trading. At 53 and a quarter, you could buy the May 5349 put spread, paying $1 for that, buying one of the May 53 puts for $1.20, selling one of the 49 puts um, at 20 cents.
1: All right, Cisco's earnings, though, as we know, surprise to the upside. So, Dan, what do you do now? It
5: was a bad call. I mean, listen, this, this trade expired worthless today. Uh, you didn't have much time to get out of it after that. Um, the results on Wednesday night. And the, here's the thing. You know, really, I was focused on the guidance. and The guidance was really good. This company is executing very well. They told you that they are not feeling adverse effects from the trade war. Um, you know, to me, I was kind of surprised by that. But, again, um, you know, the stock is still not cheap. Um, it is getting back to those prior highs. I wouldn't really be chasing it here. It was just a bad call. Um, but, you know, it was risking 2% of the stock price to make that bearish bet with defined risk.
3: In the sense that the objective is to find a moment in time where you're going to get paid or perhaps lose. But it did inflect. It just happened to inflect the wrong way, yeah. meaning the objective of finding an opportunity, check All right, listen. Direction? Okay, we blew
1: it. Good call and a lot of honesty here. We're not just picking on Dan. Mike predicted that Electronic Arts could level up heading into earnings.
4: If we take a look at the last three earnings in Electronic Arts, they have essentially been an unmitigated disaster. I'm kind of inclined to make the contrarian bet here and not risk a great deal of money by looking at a calendar spread, this thing is implying about an 8.5% move on earnings. And what that tells us is that the short-dated options are quite expensive. And I want to take advantage of that. I'm looking here to sell the May 100 calls for $1.90 and buy the Junes
1: for three fifty. dollars right, so EA moving in the right direction is the first leg of this call expires. So, Mike, not a bad call. What do you do now?
4: Yeah. So the whole idea here was that we wanted the stock to end up pretty close to the strikes that we selected. In this case, 100. We spent a dollar 60 to put this trade on. The May's rolled off. The Junes that we own are worth 270, so it's a near double, I guess. Uh, it was actually up a little bit more earlier this week. But if you still hold the position, my inclination at this point would be to take your profits come Monday because you know the idea here was to try to collect some premium, not necessarily to spend it.
5: Yeah, I mean, listen, this is a really good options trade, but you got the direction right, too. And then if you think that this thing that has been basing here is going to break out, you could actually turn it into a call spread again, a calendar. There's a lot of things you could do with it. So Mike's trade idea gave him a lot of optionality. Nice. Uh, All right, up next,
1: your tweets. That's what I like to see, Dad. And the final call. Time for the final call. Carter Ward.
3: Home Depot, I'm a seller.
4: Mike. Home Depot options aren't expensive, so you can look at the June 190, 180 put spread.
5: Dan. Uh, Yeah, for
3: June 28th, weekly 10
1: and a half calls. All right, good stuff there, guys. Thanks for taking it easy on me as well. That does it here for Options Action. We'll see you next Friday as well. Fast Money on Monday. Mad Money with Jim out in San Francisco starts next.